There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Some asshole is going to spill the beans, and that asshole is me because I have purchased these. Oh, you didn't! I'm sure you've seen some ridiculous shit happen on the water in in 15 years of guiding. You couldn't have said it much better, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Back when Miles was on the podcast and a lot more... uh, a lot more think pieces were being read. I mean, that, that stuff took a while. What the is that supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Degenerate Anglers, and welcome to Bent. One final time, the fishing podcast that uh, we've had going on here for a year and a half. And I said last week, don't be sad. Don't be sad. This is a New Orleans funeral. This is a, this is a celebration. Not <laughs> of life, not death. And joining me for that celebration, oh, oh my God, it's Hayden Samack and Phil freaking Taylor is here. Hey, Phil, chime in. You guys hey. have me back. I'm here. Y- yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta have Phil on on the uh, on the on the final episode here. Oh, right? how could we not, Joe? How could we not? You sound Phil- pissed. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I didn't want him here, man. This was supposed to be Joe in my moment. Miles would have been here too. We just can't afford to call New Zealand, so yeah. you know, there's that. Far, far too. Except uh, I've never figured out time zones. I'm 31 years old. I'll get to it eventually. Uh, yeah, if, but dude. here's the thing, Hayden. If this is a joyous funeral, and we're gonna recreate that meme of the dudes dancing with the coffin, we uh-huh. need we need at yeah. least three people to hold a coffin. That, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. Depending yeah. on whose coffin, maybe more. But the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so let, let's let's talk. What what have what have we done here? I gotta say, um, like one of the things that I've enjoyed about Bent so much has just been how it has not been your standard fishing podcast mm. from from the beginning. Mm. You know, and uh, you know, going back to Phil, Phil, we we had a. It took us. It took us a while to get going there, didn't it? I always felt for you as the as the editor with us just dumping uh, all these segments. How was that? I how mean, was that for you? It was honestly. It became a pretty well oiled machine 
quickly, quick, quickly. Right. Like uh, I was not upset with how fast it became very manageable. And I, I don't know how much behind the scenes uh, details people want, but I mean, they can probably put it together. Bent is a, it's an endeavor every week. Yeah. You know, Joe and Hayden <laughs> and, and previously Miles, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's six or seven segments. Some of them are interviews. Some of them have to be written uh, in, especially in the case back, back when Miles was on the podcast and a lot more, uh, a lot more think pieces were being read. I mean, that, that stuff took a while. What the is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I asked Phil to come, because we're going to have a good time. And so, so every week, you know, Joe, Miles, and Hayden would be uploading files on, on, a, on a drive for me to find, and then I'd have to piece them all together. And it's, I, I'd say the first two or three weeks were a, a process, but, I, man, this was, I, I, this was my favorite show to work on. And uh, well, I, and you guys made it easy on the back end. This so. was my favorite you, show to host, man. <laughs> <laughs> Challenges aside, though, I will say, like, um, you know, I remember early on, people so, sort of either loved or hated Ben. And then a lot came back around to the format. But from a creativity perspective, it has kept it interesting. Despite being hard work, like, it, is so, it has been so much fun coming up with all these segments. And I think back, like, segments aside, there's just been, like, some wacky shit that has happened Throughout this entire year and a half, like there's things like you can't buy. As an example, uh, episode 15, when a car drove right through Miles' house while we were recording. This is what that sounded like. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm sorry. We got to pause. Something crazy just happened in my house, and I got to go check it out. Something. Okay. I, I'm sorry. And then what I did after that when I promoted it on Instagram was I superimposed a Salt Life sticker onto the back windshield of the car that drove through his house. Oh, my God. And I guess I did too good of a job because people were like, holy shit, it would have a Salt Life sticker on it. So I made Salt Life uh, inadvertently uh, look worse. But anyway, I mean, this whole thing has been about segments. We certainly have cornerstone ones. And if you haven't figured it out already, I mean, this is our sort of – uh, this is our greatest hits. This is just kind of uh, the some some core guys here talking about what Bent was, and there are certainly cornerstone segments. Um, and for me, the biggest one was always smooth moves. Yeah, and I think that not comes from the not no not fish news, not fish news. I don't yeah. know. Well, there's one part of fish news that was my favorite, which we'll get to later, yeah. but it wasn't the actual compiling of the news fish news always seemed to me man like if if we're having like a totally honest discussion about this um fish news always seemed to me is like more of like a a dutiful thing like like it, it was it was something well, yeah, you want to inform like, people though yes, i mean you know it was a way to bring um long form substance to an otherwise totally substanceless pocket no uh, the uh <laughs> <laughs> No, it, but it, it was never like the thing that I look forward to the most. The thing that I looked forward to the most was always like talking with folks and yeah. hearing about these little like quirky nuances of uh, people who took fishing as like a major part of their life, like their identity. Yeah, yeah I thought Smooth yeah. Moves was just such a fun insight into the lives of guides and charter captains, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, you know? I always got off on it because I know so many of these people personally, and when you're sitting around drinking beers at the end of the day with these people, like all they do is bitch about clients. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, It's like one of my favorite parts of talking to a guide is hearing this stuff. Um, so that's why that one worked so well. Now, I'm just like, you guys know there is one that stands out above all. 
in, in a year and a half, all those smooth moves, some of them were terrific, but there's one that stands out above all, and you guys know which one we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna yes, talk about. Yeah, and play but before here. we get there, I want to talk about some like other noteworthy. Uh, I was gonna smooth say, moves. by by all means, who are your runners up, Phil? If you have any, feel free to weigh sure. in. If you, um, yeah, the, the the two that I loved, one was very recent, um, one was a little bit further back. Uh, I loved the uh the 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 tech tycoon who shall not be named uh, uh that's God, that's the I one for- that i was yeah. gonna bring up Wondering- i forgot about that <laughs> wanting a- an approximation of what percentage of his body was about to be covered in water <laughs> um i also really liked one of our by the way everybody guessed zuckerberg or elon musk and one of those is right i still won't <laughs> give the full reveal <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the other one that I really loved was, I think, our, our last smooth moves, uh, w- which was your buddy Bart talking about his uh, his That was a pretty story. good closer for for smooth moves. Oh, yeah, my gosh. I, I, was, yeah, I, I, I felt yeah, we, bad because what we were laughing at was actually horrible um, in, like, the, the, the murder of a raccoon family. <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, you know... It Man. had all the elements, scaring <laughs> old people, bad sandwiches, you know, blood and guts. But there, there's one, and, and, and our longtime listeners are going to know exactly where we're going. And uh, we are going all the way back to episode six. Now, this is episode 88. So think about that. Like, the standout, like, the, 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 the one that shines above all the others is all the way back to episode six with fishing guide Mandy Urick. Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that, Terry? This is where we reach out to uh, a guide or a charter captain or an outfitter. Basically, anybody who pays their bills or part of their bills by taking other people fishing. So today, we're talking with Mandy Urich, one of my absolute favorite people to fish with, even though I've only got to do it on, on the ice and not in open water, which is, I know, where you really do most of your guiding. Mandy, how long have you been guiding? I don't think I even know. How long you guided? About 15 years plus. Right on. So, you know, done it a couple times. Ah, just a few times. <laughs> and and I'm sure you've seen some ridiculous shit happen on the water in, in 15 years of guiding. <laughs> you couldn't have said it much better, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I know you got a story laid, set up for us today. What do you got? Give us your smooth move. Uh, I do a lot of guest guiding, like volunteer trips that I'll donate for nonprofits um, you know, or celebrities. We'll just lead into that. So we're, <laughs> we won't name names, but we're out fishing and we're on a bigger body of water and the bite's really good. And uh, this client's like, I, I have to use the restroom. And I'm like, hey, all right. I'm like, we can pack up and, and I can run you back to the landing. That's no problem. Oh, no, no, no. I'll be fine. So, all right. Like, not a problem. Like, I'm on the front deck, got my back turned or whatever, and just kind of turn the music up on the radio kind of a deal. And so we're fine, you know, he's like yells at me like, hey, we're good, you know, and I'm like, yeah, all right. So, you know, we go back to fishing or whatever, and it's not even a, a few minutes later, we're walleye fishing, and uh, I set the hook, and it's a good one, you know, and I I don't keep fish for myself personally, but, you know, I'm like, hey, do you want do you want this one too? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So I unhook the fish, and I turn around to go throw it in the live well, 
and you can't make this up. The dude shit in my live well, and we had, oh, no. <laughs> we had fish in the live well, and he, he just. Oh, that wasn't the first one. You already had yes, walleyes in the live well. He absolutely destroyed my live well with these fish in it, and I had no idea what to say. I'm like having this meltdown, and I literally just dropped the fish back over the side of the boat into the lake. <laughs> trying to be cool about it right like not to embarrass them but i'm like what are you thinking man like we've got fish in the life well <laughs> and the worst part is so like we we were close to like filling out our limit right being done for the day and i'm like for the rest of the day i'm like i didn't i'm like oh yeah this one's not big enough to keep it <laughs> kept throwing fish back <laughs> good for you for playing that game because i would have been like Dude, you like they're all the walleyes are now shit yeah. I'm who's eating those. I'm actually speechless. I couldn't have played that up and I oh man. I, Good for you. I don't know how I'd respond to that other than to hand him like a net and be like, you need to clean that out right now. There wasn't anything you could scoop, bud. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, that's so much worse. So that's getting it that's was, so it was, much so worse. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't solids, which means he was getting right into the meat. Like the, the fish were breeding it. Yeah, it was going right was running through. through their circulatory system. Just mainlining poop, basically, is what those fish were doing. It's like it's like it's like shit ceviche yeah. right there. We, we get to the we get to the here it gets better. So we get to the <laughs> landing and we have these invasive species people that you know check your boats or whatever. So you gotta pull the drain plug and you gotta pull the the live well plug, right? And let the water run out. Gagging. I don't have a glove or anything in there. I pull oh. reach and I have to pull the plug in the live oh. well. The poor invasive oh, species God. like monitor that monitors the access is standing behind my boat. Water's like running on his feet. And I'm like, dude, back up. Like, back oh. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell him what it was. <laughs> So what'd you do with the walleyes? <laughs> <laughs> Normally I do like it, you know, I clean the fish for them. I package them up. It depends on how long they're going to be in town. Sometimes they'll, you know, freezer, uh, freeze them for them or whatever. So <laughs> finally, like we get done with the inspection, the, the guy like gets in the truck and I have to like go drop them back off at his resort. And I was like, so uh, what, what do you want to do with these fish do you want to clean them or do you want me to clean them and he's like well he's like could you just clean them right at the cabin he's like we're gonna do a big fish fry tonight <laughs> so i had to clean these oh fish. my god you are a much nicer person than <laughs> either of you us are. why would you, you even are offer so that? much I'd nicer like, than I put we your are. fish in a garbage yeah. bag take them if there you want you them. go you you deal with your own poop fish thank you <laughs> the worst part is, is so they have like this big dinner and they asked me to stay and i was like they started eating the fish and i was like i gotta go guys i got an early morning tomorrow thanks a lot <laughs> so they ate they ate the they fish. fish they ate the shit fish they ate the fish <laughs> and he didn't fish. he didn't tell them no <laughs> shitting in a live well I think the standout in, in all that was not what happened, not the taking the dump in the live well, but then the fact that the man invited her to clean the fish and then join him and whoever he was going to feed him to for dinner that night. I think that was the that was the thing that really set it over the top. But Would um, you have eaten those fish, Phil? Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I, I just I want to say that I loved Smooth Moves, and my favorite stories were all of the ones that, of the people who were just completely oblivious 
And yes. I think a part of that is because I empathize with it so much. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Phil's shooting a couple live wells. I, well, I, like, I feel like I have I have a little bit more street smarts and common sense to to do something like the shitting in the live well. I wouldn't be so presumptuous, but there were some other stories where I'm like, man, I, I might do that. And I would be on this goddamn podcast. Like, I'm not going to, it's, it's really deterred me from ever, ever going on a Joining a guide? Oh no, yeah. man! Don't, don't let that <laughs> no. deter you, man. You're, you're, you're no. yeah, you, you'd be no. But great, there, there's one quote from that that people have kicked up on on social over and over again, which was there was nothing left to scoop, bud. Like people had, like people have said that so many times. And then when we did the giveaway of Aaron Latera's Magnum dubbing, the custom bents, one of those colors was Mandy's live well for that reason. So that oh. one. That one, and then anybody who had a shit or piss story after that, it's kind of like, ah, your shit story is nothing compared to this. So like, yeah. we had to turn down a few uh, fecal matter stories. Although I'll anyway. tell you what, Mike Kaman <laughs> had that one with uh, with the dude wiping his butt with one of his gloves. Yeah, which was good. <laughs> But I mean, the guy didn't try to make him eat the glove afterwards. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> I, I think that so, guy was most in danger of having Michael try and make him eat the glove, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So smooth move is always, uh, always a favorite, and I, I appreciate everybody uh, across the industry who came on and mm. uh, you know bared their souls and were, and were willing to uh, talk openly about that. Now, something that we started Ben out with. Um, that sort of faded away a little for various reasons was we had this idea in the beginning to have a regional fishing report every mm. single episode of the show. And um, I don't know, Phil, like you can weigh in on this because you're a man who loves satire. They were pure satire. They were always completely fake. And some worked and some didn't. That, like, that wasn't one of our greatest hits, although they were some of the most fun things to write. Uh, yeah, I would say the the people you got on to do those segments... I'd say 75% of them were definitely like in on the bit, had had some sort of acting, I don't want to say acting experience. It sounds like they were doing like Sondheim but off, like off Broadway. Right. Like they, they, they could, yeah, they like, could yeah. play into it. They, yeah. they could be, they could play a character. And then with all due respect, there were some people that were just so this, dry this and clearly <laughs> re and that it was like, is this a joke? I can't tell. Right. I and think I that was the problem. Some were so good that people didn't understand if it was fake or not. And if you don't know it's fake, then it's just like, this just isn't very good. Like, we'll just call it like it is. <laughs> this guy's an asshole and I don't want to go fishing with him. Right. Yeah. But I was, I will say like the, the, the sleeper, the one I want to play and we, and we did a ton of them. Um, but there was one. This is my personal favorite, and this one flew under the radar a little bit. I'm not saying it was the most popular or, or well-received um, fishing report that we ever did, but you got to remember, like, one of the challenges, if you can call it that, that we had with Ben was we launched this some bitch like, smack dab in the worst part of the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, did. yeah, for better or worse, COVID has been this, like, slightly woven theme throughout Ben because we, we couldn't avoid it. So at the time, uh, we had this idea because all the, you know you couldn't cross the border into Canada, so all the poor Canadian outfitters and lodge owners were were starving for money because because nobody could come up and fish. So we had this idea um, for uh, lodge owner Mitch McFly to to weigh in on that, and uh, this was always one of my all time favorites. Hi there, folks. Mitch McFly here with your weekly fishing report from Pickerel Point Lodge on Alberta's pristine Spooners Lake. Before I get into the fishing, though, we sure do hope you and your family are staying healthy and happy in these hectic times, particularly our valued guests from the States. We've missed your uh, friendly faces this season. 
It just hasn't been the same around here without seeing 15 dirty and mostly broken down coolers stacked outside the doors of our quaint cottages, or getting those morning calls in the office asking for someone to please bring over a plunger. Anyways, quick bit of housekeeping. Some of our repeat guests may remember old Gus, our longtime boat mechanic. We've unfortunately had to lay old Gus off for the season because, wouldn't you know it, we didn't have a single lodge boat blow right past the shallow water marker boys and run up on the rocks at Thompson's Cove. Without the constant inflow of props to refurbish and lower units to restore, we just couldn't keep Gus busy, so we sent him home. He was a good sport about it, though, and happy to spend a little bit more time on his true passion, carving small wooden bears and moose. Hope to have a pile of them for sale in the gift shop next season. Okay then, I am happy to announce that the walleye bite has been better than I have seen it in, oh, probably 20 years. Some folks around here say it's due to the lack of fishing pressure, but I think it's because the local anglers go a little slower. We tend to favor a more methodical approach instead of that fast, erratic, circular trolling pattern I know most of you boys from the States rely on. It's like I always tell you fellows, the hours of 11 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. are not exactly what I'd call prime time, but you can still find at least a few polite fish to bite in the middle of the day. You know, they are Canadian, eh? Surprisingly, I've caught quite a few 40-inch pike right off the docks this year. I've had a little more time to do some fishing in the evenings because there aren't the 30 to 40 crushed Bud Light cans strewn about the property that need rounding up for proper disposal in one of the many, many conveniently placed recycling bins we have on site. A five of diamond spoon has been producing really well for me, and I found it quite relaxing and therapeutic to just cast and reel while I listen to the call of the loons, which aren't completely drowned out by Kid Rock and that chicken fried song blasting from the picnic tables over at the boathouse. I'd also like to mention that, on the bright side, we've been able to spend time improving our operation and beautiful facilities. Based on your feedback, we've loaded up on Mrs. Butterworth and will only serve what you folks refer to as that maple sap shit upon request. All of our bag lunches will now include three packets of mayonnaise instead of the usual one, and most importantly, we've upgraded our Wi-Fi, so you will now be able to stream those UFC fights, reruns of Dog the Bounty Hunter, and Pornhub, from anywhere on the property. Anything we can do to make your stay here more comfortable, we just uh, can't wait to have you folks back. We pray that uh, you can return to the serene beauty of Alberta by mm, 2023 or 2024 at the very latest. Thanks and God bless. So that was that was read by my buddy Brad Fenson, who's from Alberta, and he is one of the nicest kindest gentlest men you will ever meet and i remember we got feedback on that and they were like did you get brad fenson to say shit and Pornhub on your podcast <laughs> and i was like that is the kind of power that that, that the bent has. has yeah we can make we can we can make brad fenson sell his soul uh, now, if, you say, if you get Clay Newcomb to say shit, I'll be real impressed. Oh, well, I guess we won't have the opportunity going That's forward. something for you to work on. <laughs> um, but, man, you know, again, they used to be so fun to write. We also, um, you know, Phil will remember, we also stuck in a few celebrity reports. We had uh, poetry by Brad Pitt. We had uh, Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's was my favorite, by the way. Matthew McConaughey was good. I'm not, I'm not playing Matthew McConaughey, but that was good, especially at the end where he's like, that's the sound between my ears. 
<laughs> That's also sound of Tahiti. I'm ice fishing in Tahiti right now. But all those celebrity check-ins were played by a guy named Gary Denoya, and he's uh, Para Denoya on on Instagram, and uh, he's from New York, but he has ties to Philly, and he is hysterical. If you are if you are from the Philly area, especially. You've got to follow him, and he has a, a podcast called "Listen Up and Fuggin' Listen," which is <laughs> which, which is great. But of of all the ones he did, um, I just got to come out and say I think his Ray Liotta was the best. Like he did a really great Ray Liotta, and he did a couple reports. But um, Why, no, what about the, uh, Springsteen? Was was one of my favorites. The, that was a good the spring, one. The Springsteen that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, no, he did a great. He did a great Springsteen. Um, the Brad Pitt poetry, Miles oh, wrote that, and it was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we did uh, we did a Christmas special our first year in, and we had all these these characters that sort of pop up on bent, uh, jump in and and raise Christmas greeting <laughs> from uh, from episode twenty was always one of my favorite things. Hey, how you doing? This is Ray at Ray Liotta's Bait and Tackle in Pulaski, New York. Wishing yous a Merry Christmas. Shops open today from 10 to 7, and today only, everything in stock is half price. We've also got free cannolis made by Karen, and a big pot of pasta vajol made by my mother-in-law. So come on by. <laughs> I'm just with you. We ain't open today. It's Christmas. What are you stupid? That does sort of lead into, though, like, we've always been about the holidays. I've always loved a good holiday theme. Oh, dude, you know? I love holiday-themed podcasts, man, because, you know, you're driving around, and, like, you know, maybe you're not feeling particularly festive, man, but you get, like, a couple of those in, like, I, like the, the recent Meat Eater uh, Tiki Bar special, right? Like, just, just things like that. Mm, they put you in the Christmas spirit, man. They put you in the holiday spirit. Man. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I'm embarrassed by how much I, I love kitschy holiday shit. And oh, so there's, dude, it's fun. There's nothing better than a theme show. <laughs> the only problem with Bent was we always aired on the goddamn holiday. It was yeah. always like on Christmas morning. It's like, son of a yeah. bitch. My, my favorite uh, holiday thing ever. I know, I know that you like this Ray Liotta one, but my favorite was... And we're going to bleep that name out. Uh, reading the bad <laughs> Santa Claus, and uh, and then getting Joe's innocent kid yeah, in, right yeah, in the middle. You, like, of involved my, you made my kid say all kinds of <laughs> up shit. <laughs> what, what what do you say, Daddy? What's a hangover? Yeah, something like that. And then I I just made him say all kinds of I I made him lay down all kinds of audio about fighting you. He's like, I'll fight you, Hayden. Oh yeah, well <laughs> you just send those to me personally. <laughs> but yeah, you're like ruining the sanctity of my child for a Christmas bit. I was all about it though. I was I was totally on board. Christmas was always fun. Now I'm a big Halloween fan, and but I remember Miles going back. Hated like, Halloween. He dude. hated Halloween, which I could not figure. How do you hate? Halloween, I, I but feel, I, like, I feel like that tracks pretty well with Miles' personality. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm saying this as a guy who loves Miles. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, know, I, yeah. I, I think Halloween is divisive because of the decorations. Like, you know who else? Uh, who else hates uh, certain aspects of Halloween? Mm -hmm. Our pal Clay Newcomb, man. He, uh, he really, is, he has very strong opinions, and I agree with. I'd like to say I agree with literally all of them. Um, about, uh, about like violent Halloween decorations and, and how it's like, 
Oh, but those are oh. formative experiences as a child, God. as being scarred. Come on, Find, saying Dude, like a, like, a nice October him, night, <laughs> like my neighborhood goes big. Like somebody's got like a, a a red wagon full of beers in a cooler. You just walk around, drink a beer. The kids run. How do you hate Halloween? No, I like that. I like that. What I'm saying is like, if you wouldn't put it in like a movie preview, like I don't think you ought to put it on your front lawn, man. It's not. <laughs> it's not Halloween like, as a like kid the unless there's a gore. unless there's a house that you're terrified to walk by. That's what I'm. Thank you, <laughs> Phil. I that's the fun when the kid like like there's like there's always the the character sitting on the front porch oh, and yeah. you're like, is that stuffed with straw or is that a dude? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, go I, like that. Get your candy. I like that. Go. They're like, no, daddy, you come. No, no, you go. You want the candy? You go <laughs> yeah. up there. Come on, man. That's that's that's. No, I, I like that. I like you that. Traumatize a Which child. I don't understand really what again, the hell is going know? on here. I'm like, I don't like this thing, and and you're like. Well, how can you not like this completely different thing? Well, it's funny <laughs> that you bring up that, that Clay doesn't like Halloween because one of, one of my all-time favorite things we ever did on this show, truthfully, and it was a last-minute last decision, right? But I forced Miles into a Halloween episode. This is all the way back to episode 12. And he's like, well, what are you going to do that's so Halloween-y to tie it together? So I mashed up all these horror movie clips with Bill Dance, which is similar <laughs> similar to like mashing up Clay Newcomb clips with with like these terrible horror movies, and it was the dumbest thing, but it was one of my favorites. So let's let's play a few of those. We'll start. Here's Bill Dance in The Exorcist. Twitch, twitch, pause. Twitch, 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 pause. Twitch, twitch, twitch. That one's kind of violent. That one's like that one's like a that was the most guttural one was The Exorcist. But we're gonna go in order of what I thought was the best. So then now here's Bill Dance uh, confronting Jason in a face-off in Friday the Thirteenth. What you gonna do, Buster? What you gonna do? Huh? Gonna show off a little? And you can see it in your mind, like Bill with his with his tea hat on, looking at looking at Jason Voorhees. Just and now these last, knife. <laughs> yeah, just oh yeah, yeah, and a, and a hook sharpener, that electric hook sharpener. Bill Dance always plugged. Uh, but then and so then we get into like like these are my masterworks, starting with uh, Bill Dance in the Predator. Something out there waiting for us, and it ain't no man. He's as big as I thought he was, but he's a good. <laughs> He just looked big then. And that one was was just <laughs> perfect. And then the 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 cherry on the cake. This, I mean, this might be the best thing I've done in a seventeen year career is mash <laughs> Bill Dance in the Poltergeist. Hello. How are you this morning? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Doing okay. What do you look like? More purple, brown, kind of a purple look. You keep that bait in one spot. Yes. What do you look for in a good bait casting rod when you're on a fixed income? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I, that's one of those things. Like you know, creative people. Like you guys get like you're making it, and you're just like, oh my god, yes, that just synced up. Oh. Beautifully. So it was no segment. It was nothing. They were nothing but little bullshits we peppered in. But man, like I don't, I don't think they'll ever be repeated. But I think they also speak to like, come on, man! Pop culture has played such oh. a big part in this show because well, I, I, I love pop culture. Like that's what I'm about. Well, you know? I'll tell you what, man. Like one of like 
the most intimidating uh like things about bent like coming in as a as a co-host wasn't that i would have to like <clears throat> like talk about <laughs> fishing in an intelligent way for like an hour every week it was i was i was i wasn't worried about my fishing knowledge i was worried about my pop culture knowledge and <laughs> another place that you see a lot of uh you know really just classic and good pop culture references actually in like the interstitials man like i i i feel like the breadth of effects in like transitions that Phil put together referencing pop oh, culture on, I is mean, like back in the, we had a whole mm. episode called uh, we had we themed a whole episode around Carl Weathers. It was called Carl Weathers goes to Cabela's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's what I'm talking about. But yes, to you bring up Phil, like in the very early days, Phil, you did not judge our news segments. You were not there to weigh in, and then we thought that's, that's right. going to be a really great idea. And of course, you're sitting here now because you, you added so much. You were an integral part of this show. But there was one news story I did in particular um, that I think Miles hated because it wasn't newsy or informative enough, but it was just about uh, duo lures coming out with Pokemon-themed lures <laughs> that were extremely hard to get. And it was your weigh-in on that news episode that I was like, Phil gets me. Phil gets us. <laughs> Phil gets this. Let's play that weigh-in. Miles, thank you for sticking up for me, because Joe, I don't know what about me would make you think that I'm the kind of person who would know that a Pikachu is a species and therefore can be male or female, or that Kyogre is a legendary water Pokemon first introduced in Gen 3 and was the cover Pokemon for Pokemon Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance. But, you know, much like those nerds who play Pokemon, I'll do a little role-playing here and pretend to be someone who is interested in any of that bullcrap and say, Oh, Joe, you're the winner. Thanks for letting me know about all these really cool lures. <laughs> Let's see. Still out of stock. Damn it. That was the moment when I was like, <laughs> Phil is in on all of this. He is in on all the jokes. But then, Phil, I mean, look. You always seem to enjoy those weigh-ins. You were always having fun. Right? I did. Well, I just going <laughs> way, way back. I think it was. I, I do. You, I don't remember when you asked me to start weighing in on fish news, but I think it was relatively early. It was like around yeah, episode was. ten, maybe, maybe a little bit before. Yeah. And I was, I was b baffled at that decision. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't understand it, but I, you know, I, I knew you were just kind of trying to put a little uh, pin on the end of fish news every week. So I, I played along. And I just kind of every week I would kind of push it a little further and see how unhinged what? I could get. <laughs> and I was yeah, waiting yeah. for I was waiting to get some notes at some point. And honestly, <laughs> I, I, ne we I never provided out them. of all of the fish news reactions I did. I think I only ever got one note where you guys are like, eh, maybe change that. And it was because there, it was kind of like an off color joke. And, and I totally, <laughs> I totally understood. But you guys let me do anything, which was oh, honestly, dude. I loved it. It was so much well, fun. I, I was going to say, because uh, like, you got to understand from a host perspective, we knew everything in the show when we would hear the, the like the, you know, we, we always listen to these shows before they go live. We knew everything we said, but we didn't know what you said. So like it would be like with bated breath. I'm like, oh, my God, here comes the end of news. What is Phil going to say? It was like the one element we had no idea until we heard it. But like you said, they got more and more elaborate. I I don't have time to go into the whole like multi-part soap opera you did where you <laughs> that died. That was my favorite. That was my then, favorite Phil <laughs> moment. And then come back to life. But I think you were testing the waters on the Phil death with uh, your way in in episode 54, which was also always one of my favorites. 
Phil, honey, it's time to wake up. Uh, what? Gotta wake up. It's time to edit the podcast. Oh, mom? Yes. Oh. Okay, you ready? Y- yeah, yeah, let's let's do the the podcast. How do I how do I do it? Okay, see that button there? The blue one? Push that one. O- okay. Okay, good. Now edit. E- edit and then and what what do I click now? Okay, now I want you to export. Hit the export button. Oh, that's right. Okay, ex- export to away MP3. A- MP3? Yes. Okay. All right. You got it. I did it. Good job. And the winner for best engineered podcast episode of all time goes to Phil for episode 54 of Bent. Is there anyone that you'd like to thank? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, the, the guy upstairs, JC, my boy. How's the view? <laughs> uh, uh, Tony at Arby's Joe Cermelli The winner of Fish News this week Oh, my mom Mom, thanks for waking me up And I couldn't have done it without you <laughs> Bill, honey, it's time to take out the trash Mom, shut up! You're embarrassing me, God! O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth there's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the sunshine state or any other destination on your fishing bucket list book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today.
That was like just the the creativity had been had been notched up there. Oh, just and, like um, well, well, sure. I, I just want to say really quick that one of the reasons. Listen, I mean, it was it's no secret that I I know Jack about fishing, but I I I loved working on this podcast because just of of the layers of just pop culture, just bullshittery that went in in a week, and I mean <laughs> yeah. that in the most like loving way. I, I yeah, it was it was my dream to work on a show like this. I never knew it would be a fishing podcast, but like, <laughs> right. but like every I was I was always intimidated doing the fish news weigh-ins because I I felt like I I needed to kind of at least get kind of close to like you and Miles about with with the, with the stuff you were referencing and and the jokes you were making, and so. I I just, I loved that you guys gave me like a super long leash to kind of get weird when honestly to be honest the 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 weeks where I got weird were the ones where I I honestly just, I couldn't think of anything funny <laughs> I, I I couldn't think of just like a one line yeah. joke so I was like I'm just gonna turn this into a bit that maybe they'll I'll will turn it in and Joe will, will say no you can't do that but I you think never you should did. compile them all in one <laughs> shot and and make that a whole separate podcast yeah, man. one of my favorite uh, but, things dude I mean like when I think about Phil Taylor fish news reads I think tasteful and elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of tasteful and elaborate, we can't we can't end this show. We can't talk about what Bent was without bringing up Lance V. What what are your two thoughts on uh, on old Lance? He hasn't been around in Man, a while. F- Lance V. Okay, there's one. <laughs> Phil. Uh, oh, just like he this. just he was just misunderstood. You think? Yeah, that's how I yeah. think. And did you 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 want to talk about a a love hate segment throughout this there was no middle ground for lance v but despite all the 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 fun that we've had right all all the pop culture and all the jokes like we did try to be educational and i will stand by that um he was brought in purely for educational purposes because we live in a world no because everybody (laughs) wants to be an instagram and youtube star these days we're just trying to help you along Mm. With the best information we can give you, right? Um, so you know, it, it, I, I struggled to come up with with what what Lance do we do we rerun here? But I mean, there's really only one. I think it was the most educational, and it, it is a, a piece of knowledge all of you can carry with you till the end of time, or at least until uh, Instagram goes away, which will happen eventually. From the land to the boat to the lake to the sea, f-ing up the internet with your boy Lance. What's happening, qualified captains? It's your favorite internet fishing guru, Lance V, here to aid you in continuing education about killing it as an online angler. This week, we have a deep question from Josh Y, who writes, Guys, come on. This Lance V guy is a freaking chucklehead, but if he had to pick just one Instagram filter, what would it be? I have to be honest, Josh, I didn't want to answer this question. In my opinion, this information is so powerful that it can shave years off your pursuit of internet greatness and rocketing to the top too quickly can be dangerous. Just ask the Greek dude with the wax wings or the kids in crisscross who spent decades in therapy to overcome their desire to wear their pants backwards. Hashtag Daddy Mac. But I decided to go for it, so brace yourselves. The answer is Hefe. Listen, I know that was a lot to take in. Many of you are probably in shock right now. Don't torture yourself for all the mediocre fish photos you posted using Ludwig or Perpetua. Those wasted opportunities to grow your social media presence. You didn't know. You were so sure using Nashville on that tight shot of a Bass Pro brand crankbait would take your posts from worthless to art. That your 10 followers would say, my God, it's breathtaking. 
You were absolutely positive. The slightly washed out look of Lark was perfect for another sunrise over the Pay Lake photo. And you were so wrong. But I'm here to tell you it's okay. We all make mistakes. Hashtag heal with me. Hefe is the answer. It's always been the answer, and you need not understand why. The details come with similar consequences to figuring out who killed JFK or whether Vanilla Ice knowingly sampled that Queen song in Ice Ice Baby. Listen, I've already told you too much, and I fear divulging further information about the powers of Hefe could lead to issues regarding my personal safety, or worse, a loss of sponsorship opportunities with hashtag Knights of Columbus. Josh, you're welcome, but I want to make it clear I take no responsibility for how you or anyone else uses this information. Hashtag risk factor. Side note on that, uh, Hefe was also one of the colors of the uh, special Bent Magnum dubbing we gave away. The the Hefe filter. Oh, yeah? yeah, it was. Are you using the Hefe filter, Hayden? Oh, yeah, in everything I do. Hayden actually, he sent me a picture asking for medical <laughs> advice of you know some of his his nether re- regions, and it had the Hefe filter over it. He's like, well, you- dude, <laughs> I like to keep it consistent. That way, I don't forget. That way, I don't slip up. Yeah, you send that and be like, Jesus, Hayden, is this Lark? Dude, what are you I, doing? I, I, why would you? <laughs> I, that, that's why it took me so long to figure out the mobile deposit feature on my banking app. I kept using the Hefe filter on the check. Mm, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> the algorithm doesn't pick up on that. You know, I, I just want to say really quick, it's you you revealed earlier that you had your friend doing all of those celebrity impressions. I think we should reveal here and today that Lance V is a real person. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lance v. Despite anything we might have said in a drunken stupor, I, I, I walk it all back. <laughs> a lot of things are getting walked back these days, so let's walk this one back. Um, Lance V is absolutely real. He is absolutely real. And that was, uh, I have no regrets about uh, Lance V. In fact, he was, he was one of my favorites. Uh, Hayden, who is one of your favorite characters on this show? Tell us. Well, I mean, it's got to be Bob the Garbage Man, man. Yeah, and Bob did not <laughs> dip on us like Lance V. Mm-hmm. Bob, Bob stuck around um, mostly because we uh, we pay him, and he doesn't he doesn't have a a, a lot of income. Yeah, um, and, and I'll tell you what, man. You know, my one regret is that uh, is that we didn't get to hear from Bob the Garbage Man just one more time. Yeah, well, we're we're going to we're gonna hear we're 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 gonna play some Bob. We have to, and I'll tell you why. Bob was the first voice, other than Miles and I, anybody ever heard on this show. The very first thing you heard that was not us was a fishing report, a regional report by Bob the Garbage Man, and uh, a year later when we got to episode fifty two. In in celebration, we said, "Well, we've got to bring Bob back for the for the year anniversary," um, and we did that with covering water, which I know Phil covering water was a favorite segment of yours. That's our rapid fire Q and A segment. Mm. Oh yeah, no, that's that was one of my favorite segments, uh, mostly because it was always pretty standard. You know, you would ask you fishing questions, favorite this, least favorite that, and then you would throw in a curveball. Change up, right. and they didn't know how to react. <laughs> it was sort of like, "What movie?" Blah blah blah, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And then they just sit, like spit out the first thing they thought of. And uh, and my favorite moments are always the ones that got a huge reaction from you, Joe, because they would say something just preposterous or something you weren't expecting, and you yeah. would just say like, "Oh, well, we're gonna have to revisit that one second. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> we always gave him a yeah. minute to follow up, and yeah. I'd be like, "You have to talk about this yeah, one. That, I'm that choosing was, for you." That was my favorite thing is how that specific part was framed in the intro I was always like yeah we're gonna rapid fire you uh, however many questions and you will have a minute to elaborate on one of your choosing 
And Joe always chose it yeah, for Yeah, made him. the decision for them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we appreciate Bob's uh, many useful contributions to Bent. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to still have to deal with him after Bent, but uh, let's throw it back. This is a this is a covering water full of nothing but curveballs. Uh, the one and only time Miles and I uh, sat down with him, at least digitally, together. I'm going in. Cover me, Porkins. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. <laughs> So joining us today for Covering Water, uh, we've got none other than our own resident striper surf chunking expert, Bob, the garbage man, Breton and Ananuski. And we haven't heard from you in a while, Bob. And I must say, I'm shocked that you actually harness the technology necessary to join us on this podcast. Yeah. Can, can you hear me and shit? Are we recording yet or whatever? Yeah, we are. Great. I'm actually at the Atlantic City Public Library at the moment. The miserable lady that works here set this whole thing up in the computer laboratory or whatever the <laughs> it is. I didn't even know they had computers in here. But in fairness, only time I ever come in here is when I'm fishing off Tennessee Avenue and have to take a shit. So, you know. Hmm. Way to utilize public resources, Bob. Way to go. Who, who's talking now? Niles? Miles. It, it's Miles. You, you, you know my name. Bob. Yeah, yeah, right. I know you like poetry books and shit, but you hate this library, Niles. All I got is five copies of Merv Griffin's autobiography and 10 books from the 80s about playing Keno. But they keep the soap and toilet paper full, so your tax dollars are hard at work on my asshole. <laughs> it's money well spent. Uh, money well spent. So listen, uh, part of the reason we were eager to have you on is because I, I've kind of been dying to ask, man, why the leap to social media? You've been so vocal over the years uh, about uh, hating on the internet, right. yet you, you've, you've already racked up nearly 3,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, well, well, the short answer for you there, Joey, is money. I see. Uh. Yeah, somebody told me you make big monies on the internets. Of course, I ain't made a nickel yet, but I look at it like playing the lottery. It's a small investment, but maybe someday you hit, you know? But tell you the truth, I don't even own one of them walkie-talkie phones you've probably got glued to your faces. My neighbor's kid got one from that cricket store, and he's a little slow and useless anyway. So I basically worked at a deal where he follows me around and just types whatever the fuck I say and puts it on Instabook, you know? So so what, what's the kid getting in exchange for, for transcribing yeah. all your wisdom there, Bob? Tell us. Uh, yeah, I mean, he ain't the brightest bulb, Niles. I buy him a pack of Big League Chew once a week, and I told him when I get to 20,000 fans, I'll buy him anything he wants on Phillips Head Andy's table at the flea market. <laughs> That sounds really. That sounds fair, Bob. Uh, I think I don't know. Look, we we <laughs> we didn't really bring you on to discuss your thoughts on OSHA policies, you know. Uh, but we, so, I mean, we could make a whole whole segment around that. I think we could. I, I I'm sure you have some thoughts on OSHA policies. Yeah. Um, but we we brought you on to learn more about who you really are. Okay, and we already know you're one of the most revered surfcasters ever to grace the striper scene. You're correct. We already know you've caught more big stripers exclusively chunking bunker than pretty much anyone else on the planet. Also correct. But but our covering water segment is designed more to find out who the man behind the skills really is. As long as I'm making enough for beef eaters or whatever to cover the cost of the moons over my hammy at Denny's, I'll cover whatever the f you want. Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll talk to payroll, see if we can get you some moons yeah. over my hammy. You should be all set. Yeah, yeah, do that. I will. I will, but Casey, I'm, I'm pretty sure you haven't listened to this show, Bob, so I'm, I'm going to tell you how this goes. <laughs> yeah. So what we do on Covering Water is we put two minutes on the clock, 
All right. And we rapid fire questions at you. And the whole idea is you can't think too hard about your answers. You just, you just have to react. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's easy. I do this once a week at the social security office of the COVID clinic, but they give you even less time to answer. So, you know, piece of cake. Great. Then after that, what we do at the end is we give you one full minute to expand on any of your answers. All right. Sound good. Yeah, whatever. Sounds great. Niles. Let's just hurry this the up because I think I left a pot of lead melting on the electric hot plate in my bathtub. All right, we'll move it along then. We'll move it along. Right. Okay, here we go. What's the best vehicle you ever owned? <laughs> That's easy. My old Ford Pinto and my Pontiac Aztec that got jacked. That's two, but we'll go with it. All right, graphite or fiberglass? Yeah. Only twerps like Niles use graphite. If you weren't so devoted to striped bass, what do you think you'd fish for? Stripers. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, shit. CCR. And I traded my Ford Pinto for them tickets. <laughs> if you could fish with any celebrity, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, that's easy. Tim the Toolbag Taylor. But he can't bring that mook with the flannel with him. <laughs> your, your favorite summer cocktail is? Hot Sambuca. All right. If you were forced at gunpoint to tie on a lure for stripers instead of using a chunk, which lure would it be? I'm taking the bullet, Joey. Okay. Ooh. All right. What's the worst job you ever had? <laughs> Doing this right now. All right. If you had to guess, how big was the biggest striper you ever caught? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Between 87 and 95, somewhere in there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Are you bald under that wool hat you always wear? Ask your mother, Niles. Ooh. All right. Uh, how about Ouch. this? What's your favorite vacation destination? I'd like to soak a chunk in Thailand one day, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I I don't. Yeah, of course you don't. Your your favorite movie is. Uh, uh, I, I don't tell mom the babysit is dead. Probably. Wow, uh, that's time. Okay, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Really? That's the movie. Uh, okay. I question yeah, whether you... Classic. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's time. So, yeah, uh, perfect. I, yeah, okay. Well, let's wrap this up. I got to run. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang, hang yeah. on, Bob. Dude, we're settled you, you, you still got You still got what? a minute to expand on any one of your answers uh, to explain uh, yourself. Listen, Jesus Christ. I'm like 90% sure I accidentally left that burner on. And the last time that happened, the old lady next door called the dipshit super, which resulted in him discovering that I ran an extension cord up her fire escape to steal her electricity. So unless you want to up the price to cover my electric bill or the price of 200 pounds of custom 20-ounce pyramid stickers, hurry the f*** up. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Well, which one are you going to answer? Which one are you going to expand on? Pass. Can I pass? No. No. No, not after you telling us you caught like a ninety pound striper. You gotta, you're yeah. gonna have to tell us more about that. Ugh, for Christ's sake, that had to be in seventy nine or eighty. That's how much I figure it weighed before I gave it to Kenny to Benny. He dropped another four to five pounds of lead down its throat before he took it to the Chinese place next to the other Chinese place on Baltic Avenue. But you're looking for some epic story, and there ain't one. It ain't a bunk of chunk. I really the f it in. Stevie the cop clubbed it with a piece of rebar, and I gave it to Kenny for a pack of smokes, a half a spool of 60-pound pink Andy monofilament, and a pair of clean socks. Anyway, I know how much you appreciate me being here and how much I appreciate my time, so goodbye. Shit, I think he gone. He gone. Yep, yep. I think, I think that was all we're going to hear from Bob.
I still, I still am shocked uh, that that his, Bob's favorite movie, per that we learned, is "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead." You know that one, Hayden? You seen that one? <laughs> no, I haven't. Phil's man. seen that one. Phil, Phil, can you throw a quote from that movie? Just one. Uh, Joe, I have not seen that movie. Oh God, <laughs> the dishes are done, man. No, nobody. Don't Christina no. Applegate. Nope. No. Anyway, see, that's what I always brought to the show was like the dumb movie facts like well, that yeah uh, here's the thing joe i mean it's it's this was what was intimidating is because you're uh, just only if you're a few years older than me and you brought those 80s movies references <laughs> yeah that, like it was just before my my time of watching like angels in the outfield and all the shitty 90s stuff that i love <laughs> mm. rookie of Phil, the Man- year mannequin and- two on the run yeah, have you man- seen mannequin I'll, two I'll, on the I'll run tell you what i got Damn. a lot of shit uh either from joe or like guests or just you know, listeners who felt the need to hit me up on Instagram or the inbox about stuff that I hadn't seen. What was that one in particular that I got like a raft of shit for not having seen? Oh, for Christ's sakes, dude. It was Chris. It was it was Christmas Vacation. Yeah. You said on this show that you've never seen National Lampoon's Christmas yeah, no, Vacation. I remember. Yeah, that's pretty rough. That's un-American. That's like, Phil, like, is that not impossible? Even if you don't go out of your way to watch it, like it ends up in on in the airport or at your aunt's house or so, like somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like playing on, on TBS just in the background. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. But you, you haven't seen that? No. <laughs> that's fine. I'm going to let it slide. But that's what I brought was, was dumb movie references. Miles worked very hard to bring literacy to this show. And I actually appreciated yeah, that. Um, and people gave us such a hard time for freaking Bringing Philistines going to the away. illiterate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and we got like such a hard time about that. And, and we've, we've said, it's not that I didn't love freaking Philistines, just Miles like read books like a machine. And I admired that. But I, I, like, I could not read enough books. Fa- I couldn't read enough fast enough, and neither could you, Hayden, to like really keep that going. But we also had a segment that he came up with called Weekly Word. And then that kind of fell by the wayside because you were like, I don't have any words. So I'm Bro, like, well, I, I guess words, like- <laughs> man. I just like. <laughs> I don't know any words. <laughs> no, if, if, I'll tell you what, man. If there's one thing I've been accused of, it's being verbose. How's that for a word? Um, well, that's, yeah. It's yeah, a good word. I, I don't know, man. Like. <laughs> some of those were dogs back in the day, but some of them were a lot of fun. And um, Hayden and I, we're going to have a debate after we play what was my my all-time favorite. Oh, uh, I wrote to you about this. You wrote to me about this before you were even involved with this show. I'm pulling up that But um, th- there's one weekly word going way back uh, all the way to episode 28 that stands out uh, to me. And um, it's going to stand out to you, too, if you're one of my, my Philly people. Webster's Dictionary defines fish as... This week's word is John. That's J-A-W-N. And it's a word that really has nothing to do with fishing, but at the same time could technically have everything to do with fishing. And the only reason I'm even doing this, John, is because I said the word John in another episode, and Miles, being the wordsmith that he is, was so intrigued by my John, he had to know more about the John. John is a slang term that originated in Philadelphia, at least mostly, and we'll get to that, and is used so much even in Philly's surrounding PA and New Jersey suburbs that it often appears in advertising. McDonald's even got down on that John with billboards featuring nothing but a sausage McMuffin and the words, that's my John. Visit Philly.com's billboards read, there's no John like home, and vitamin water plastered the area with billboards that said vitamins, electrolytes, get that John. 
So what is this, John? Well, according to that Oxford Dictionary, John, John refers to a thing, place, person, or event that one need not or cannot give a specific name to. So basically, John can be used to replace absolutely any noun, anyone at all, in its singular or plural form. As an example, I might say, what was that topwater John Mikey was throwing over at FDR Park for them largemouth John? Or, upon seeing a giant flathead catfish swimming along the bank of the Schuylkill River, I might say, yo, that's the biggest John I ever seen in here. Followed by, yo, I'm retying my John with 50 pound because that 30 pound John ain't going to be strong enough if I hook that John. Interestingly, John can be pluralized with or without an S. Saying, let me get one of them Johns when asking a buddy for a fresh minnow out of the bucket is acceptable. But more commonly, John is used to refer to multiple things minus the S. As an example, when asking a friend where he acquired multiple new striper plugs, you'd say, where'd you get them, John? You might also say, I want to get into fly fishing, but there's so much John to buy. Theories abound about John and where it came from. In fact, John is such an intriguing word because it can be used in so many ways that linguists have spent years studying this John and tracing its origins. All signs point to John being a derivative of joint. Joint, as a slang term, rose in popularity in the American South around the time of emancipation. Bars and clubs that served as safe havens for black Americans were called juke joints. This eventually expanded into the labeling of somewhat sketchy places as joints, which even further down the line translated to any place you considered kind of underground, such as that little pizza joint or burger joint you think only you and your boys know about, even though that John is all over Yelp. But some smart John believed John was born in Philly in 1981 specifically. That year, hip-hop group Funky 4 Plus One had a popular song called That's the Joint. And it was one of the earliest recorded hip-hop tracks where the word joint was used as a positive term to refer to something good or something that you like. Linguists say because the singers slightly drew out the vowels in the word joint and didn't accentuate the T, Philadelphians either heard it as John or sang it as John, ultimately solidifying the future of that John. Take a listen. What we just can't miss. We just can't miss. What we just can't miss. With a beat like this. It's the joint. Did you hear it? Let's listen one more time. So what's the deal? Sugar Hill. So what's the deal? Sugar Hill. Ooh. That's the joint. These first beats that we want y'all to hear. Whether you heard Joint or John, the mere mention of this song being the origin of John infuriates many Philadelphians. Why? Because Funky 4 plus 1 was from the Bronx. And even though most linguists agree John technically came from Joint, which got popularized as a catch-all in New York hip-hop culture, Philly people just don't want to hear that John. That John means too much to them. Now, if you're one of them John that gets all mad about John coming from them New York John, here's what I suggest. Head out to the garage and grab your John and head down to that John where you called all them John last season. Cast out a live John under a bobber, or maybe throw one of them Panther Martin Johns and just relax. You got other John to worry about. No matter where that John came from, it's a Philly John now. So right after that episode dropped, right, and I always loved that that John weekly word too because it had such a, a, a great musical tie, and we've always been about like incorporating music where possible. Yeah. But you hit me up. You hadn't even been working here that long, and you texted me, and what did you say? Did you find the text? Yeah, okay. So it was in reference to the promo that you used, uh, and it, okay. was, it was an Instagram post where it read, why have I never heard of this John? Bent listener Ensley91 alerted me to this John after taking this picture in his local fly shop, John. 
are these Johns no good? Have these Johns not caught on? I don't tie many hollow Johns, so maybe that's why I miss this John. But Bob Popovics endorsed this John, and he's the man for them striper <laughs> We're not even Johns. talking about the same thing. Okay. Okay. You're talking about an Instagram post. Yeah, well, that th- this, is, this is where I got hung up with, because I said, okay, I... I, I we had had a prior conversation, but via this text thread, all I can find is that I have issue with your use of like double nouning. And here's the example. No, that I what said. I recall is you said that John cannot be pluralized. Like nobody says no, it can Johns. be. Pl- it can be pluralized. If if you see, I read a very good article on the internet that said otherwise. That's where I pulled that from. <laughs> yeah, and I've well, spoken good. good. I've I, spoken I, to I people about it for since. Joe does his own research. Aiden. I've yeah. heard John can be broken up by region of Philly. Like people in yeah, South okay, Philly, okay. it's always yeah, John. But, but my problem Northeast was Philly, my problem Johns. was my problem was as illustrated in this post. You said fly shop Johns. And what I said is that's like the equivalent of saying fly shop shop. Fly shop shop. Yeah, okay. it, 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 it would be I, like, you know, if, if, you were, uh, if you were asking me um, where to go, uh, like, use tackle shop, skin. right? If you were asking me, like, hey, where do I go buy plugs? Like, oh, just go to Tackle John. It's like down on like ninth. Or like a Burger John. Yeah, or go to like yeah, go go to the Burger John. Is it's you know like so it should have just been Fly Johns without shop, right? Right, it should have okay. been. Like, oh yeah, yeah, go 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 Duly to Fly noted. Johns. I will scroll back and I will uh, oh, I will I will correct the post. Anyway, <laughs> Weekly Word was one of those deals where they were they were tough to come up with. Like that was the ball was in our court to figure out those words, but I mean I we we have to talk about how much we gleaned from listeners. Like so much of this show ran mm. on listener contributions. And I always loved that because I always looked at it like if we have a little outlet here to uh, let the people speak, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, I mean, look, that's my bar and awkward photos were two of my favorite things ever. We are not yeah. playing either of those uh, in the greatest hits, but um, t- I always had so much fun doing those. And Dude, people those, really love that's my bar. Th- I always had a dream of compiling those and sending awards. Like, you're a bent, that's my bar. That oh, my that would have been good. That would have been good. The uh, Man, yeah. I, I love that that's my bars. And one thing that I really admired about that was it put the onus on the listener to, like, really know a place. And, in fact, actually, in the, yes. in the, in the fir- I think in the first episode that I hosted, I did a that's my bar. And I'll tell you what, it's not a small task. You got to know some history. You need to be familiar, acquainted no, with some the bar. of the writing you guys got for those That's My we're Bar submissions good. were oh, people incredibly it, well it was, written. It, yeah. It was publishable. Like, yeah. it, some of them were yeah. outstanding, you know? Yeah. If you were making a degenerate Michelin guide for bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's something to aspire to later, I guess. But we, we've always appreciated the submissions for those. But more so, man, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like, when we first pitched Sailbin, it wasn't. There were some people who thought that was not going to work out, but that was one of the most responded to segments on the oh, show. One of the funniest. Like, by I will far, say, too. yeah, that that is probably if we're like breaking down all the segments, um, other than like makers or I actually had a really soft spot for night fishing, but either the, of those two segments, like yeah, that was my favorite for sure. It was it yeah. was always funny. It was always in good humor. You always led to like some good fishing conversation. And I I always felt like I learned something, even though I kind of wasn't supposed to. 
Right. <laughs> well, there, there's definitely a ringer there, like the, the oh. j- just like Mandy oh. Urich. And you guys know which one that is, but I'm curious, man. Like, any any standouts for you guys besides the one we're about to hit here? Phil, you got one? Well, I mean, the, what, what was the, the Tuggy? Was that in the, was that? Oh, oh the, yeah, tuggy. Like the Tuggy. Yeah. God. <laughs> the Tuggy. Well, there oh, was that's, art uh, made, Phil, from you in the, <laughs> made of you in the PT Cruiser. Uh, it's close I'm to my heart. I'm so glad you brought up the Tuggy, because now I can say, while I, while I love and appreciate it all, just stop sending me Tuggies. Like, I, like, <laughs> I... If I printed all the texts and messages with the motorized tuggy, I could wallpaper my entire oh. house. Like we're, I we're good. I will always be a tuggy fan. I always love a tuggy. But you could stop sending me tuggies. Um, but the one we're going to play here is actually fairly recent, and is the only time in Sailbin history that an extra step was taken to make the segment extra special. And it oh, is yeah. without a doubt the most responded to Sailbin we have ever done. Well, why did you put the head in the paper? You don't know what I'm getting at. Well, you, you didn't have to be so hurtful with me, so angry. Today, we've got what I've at least decided is the perfect Halloween sale bin item because it's very trick-or-treat, right? Could be good, could be shit. Don't know. But thanks to several listeners that sent this one along, um, there are too many of you to name, but at least 10 of you fired this one off uh, and I thank you for it. But very quickly, before I dive into this particular item, um, since this is Hayden's first sale bin, I always like to know like where where everyone stands on the online buying of uh, other people's wares. Are you an online classified shopper? Do you look for things on Facebook and Craigslist and such? Shit, yeah. Your boy's been known to be a little bit thrifty like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what I do you buy? What do you like? What do you use oh, it for, dude? All sorts of gear, man. Um, yeah, I've bought a bunch of guitars from a website called Reverb, but like I also buy a lot of my waterfowl decoys from like pissed off ex-wives and girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, full body decoys are expensive, man, and the best sale I've ever found is when, you know, you got like a a spurn lover swinging the auction gavel, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do know, dude. I do know. And like those posts are so rare, and you got to be quick on it. But you see them every once in a while, like on Craigslist. It's like every piece of fish tackle and fish poles in my condo needs to be gone tomorrow. Call Holly. And you know, it's like, oh man, Ooh. I need to get there tomorrow before he gets back from work. You know, yeah. I mean? I'm about to have a uh, way better day than this guy's about to have. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. So anyway, so here's what we have. I'm glad I'm glad you're an online classified person. That mm-hmm. makes this more fun. So so here's what we have, okay? The title of this post. And now, mind you, I'm betting that even more people have seen this post than sent it. It's it's out there in all kinds of different Facebook forums. The title is Secret Jigs I Use at Missouri Trout Parks. And the photo <laughs> is just a shot of a railing surrounding a low head dam. And you see a lone uh, angler waiting just above the dam, and I'm just surmising here, really. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's, it was probably taken at a Missouri trout park. Would be my guess. I would say that's probably a fair <laughs> assumption. <laughs> trout parks, I feel, are a, a very interesting cultural phenomenon, and totally. And I think that. What's interesting about them is there are some folks that are like very dedicated to visiting. Yeah, that's just what they do. Yeah. Yep. And 
and honestly, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure it breeds a, a, a certain level of skill just because of like the ability to rapidly a B test a bunch of different stuff over fish that, you know, you know, are seeing it. Well, dude, and there's there's some truth to that. It's like on one hand, you step back and you're like, Trout Park, that's lame. I would never do that. But if you're into that, these places tend to have their ringers. Like, ah, that's old Bill over there. He gets them every time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like it's like a like a, mm-hmm. like a like a jockeying for position at some of these trout parks. I would I would I would bet. Yeah, my my experience with trout parks overall is very limited. But I will tell you a quick story about one. And this is actually, this is a story I told at my grandfather's funeral. Uh, the, uh, I'm coming Great. in with him today, man. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, so when I was a kid, uh, one of my first trout fishing excursions was at one of these trout parks. And mm-hmm. this one in particular was like a kind of catch and keep pay to play, right? Right, right. Um, I'm about four years old or something and i managed to catch a fish and you know my dad puts them in the 10 gallon bucket and kind of i'm now no longer interested in fishing i'm interested in watching this one particular fish kind of swim around so a couple hours go by and we're leaving the trout park and we pass the uh you know the the shed with the teenager and the fillet knife and uh the guy kind of looks at me as i'm leaving and he goes hey uh do you want your fish cleaned and me being four, I'm like, yeah, I I, I would like a, a shiny, clean fish. Oh, no. Oh, poor little you. Dude reaches oh, into shit. the bucket, slaps it on the cutting board, and I'm thinking, that's a weird way to clean a fish. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's probably not super good for it. And he just eviscerates this fish in front of me, and I cried all the way home. And you've never been back to a trout park since. Oh, man, that's no, so sad, but so funny. Uh, (laughs) Philip. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, story time over. So these secret jigs, right? These these secret jigs, they'll cost you ten dollars, and for ten dollars you get ten. So a buck a jig, which isn't terrible, right? That's a lot cheaper than dry flies. A lot cheaper than dry flies. Three fifty most places now. Yeah, which is for like one blue wing olive costs you three fifty, right? Not even tied good. Yeah, exactly. But anyhow, man, uh, I would say that these $1 jigs are not only a good price, but a steal for what they are. And what they are <laughs> is <us>. lightning <laughs> in a bottle, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read the listeners the yeah. description of the jigs in question. So... 10 for 10, my secret jig that I catch 30 to 50 trout a day. No picture to keep it secret. I guarantee you will catch your limit daily. I have used this jig for 48 years. We'll also throw in a detailed diagram of how to use it. Phone number hidden. For <laughs> 48 years is kind of odd. Why not just say 50 or 45? Like that's very specific. Hey, you want to know that he's an honest dude and I, these jigs will so. really I catch 30. So. so he can't be exaggerating. Right. But so I gotta say, right, in a way, it's kind of genius marketing. It's like the grown-up version of the surprise eggs all the little kids are 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 into, right? And much right. cheaper, I might add, because I know from experience. It's like, you know, you give me 10 bucks and trust me, this is gonna be good. Like you're yeah. gonna like. <laughs> gonna like this there are a lot of secret recipes 
Mm-hmm. That people go to great lengths to keep that way, dude, a hundred percent. But this is like a, a a wink and a nod you've put out on the entire internet. I'm surprised so he didn't put it on the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to keep it secret, and then yeah. he assumes the buyer will keep it secret. But you know, at some point, some asshole is going to spill the beans, and that asshole is me because I have purchased these. Oh, you didn't. I did. I'm holding the package here and I have not opened it and it's been killing me for over a week. I have been saving this for this moment on this sale bin right here. This is going to be the first ever unboxing (laughs) on this podcast. I got to say, I, like, I just did this through Facebook and, and not to be rude, but like, you're not giving your credit card to like a, a business. You're dealing right. with some rando dude that fishes Missouri trout parks. So oh I'm still gosh. convinced somehow this will result in like my bank account being drained or my identity stolen. I got to introduce you to PayPal, man. Well, yeah, I use <laughs> PayPal, okay? Smart guy. But still, I'm like from Jersey. I don't trust nobody. You know what I mean? Oh, apparently um, you do. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's, but it's it's all worth it to amuse the Ben audience. I'm doing this because I want you all to catch more fish, goddammit. Like, I want you to have all the advantages. On the other hand, I want you to know if you're getting scammed. I believe it's worth 10 bucks of my hard-earned money to let you know this. I'm not even going to expense this, dude. I'm not even going to make Meat Eater pay for what very well could be a mistake. This is This is a lot of pressure on you, too, because this could be a cloud of anthrax. Like you're watching me on the computer right now. Like and, I can open and, this and now and that you said something. that, I'm very happy I'm watching you on the computer. <laughs> you're safe out there in Montana. Yeah, it uh, it could be a, a mail bomb, although it's very light. It would be the most sophisticated mail bomb ever. But I'm actually listen. This is my scissors. <laughs> I have sat on this for a week, and this is it. Phil, you need to put a drum roll over this. I'm so happy. I am that. cutting the envelope right now, and together. We are going to see about these secret jigs. Oh, look, dude, they're all wrapped up in weird paper. These are going to be good. Uh, oh, my God. Is it a scam? Oh, no, that's the diagram. Oh, my God, dude. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. I'm going to see. I'm going to hold this so you can see it. It's an it is literally bag. a tiny bag. Can you even see that? Oh, my God. Of like, Those are Pertagons. It's it's. it's Pertagons in all white. It is literally just a jig style hook, gold with an itty bitty head that looks like a nymph head, painted white, and then he is just wrapped white thread behind it and tapered it. That is it. That is all that oh, it is. I was expecting like bucktail or just i was expecting it anything. to be like some pre- 48 years dude this should have been some precursor to the trout magnet or something these these I mean, all it looks like is a euro nymph with an upturned eye it's just a white thread what, what is tiny what what is the diagram let's say? let's look at the details let's look Does at the description. Put a worm on it <laughs> the detailed diagram it's going to tell you to tip it with something and i read the damn guy's advice for catching trout at Bennett Springs State Park. If you fish <laughs> Bennett Springs State Park, this is your lucky day. Um, man, how to set up fly rod or spinning rod for this jig. Number one, always use two-pound test line or less. What's less than two-pound test line? Um, 8X tippet? I don't even know. I don't know. Does he have? Does he have some secret line that he also sells with these secret jigs? No, man. 
Always try and fish about six inches from bottom. Always make sure there isn't any moss on the jig. Parentheses, very important. Use an adjustable cork. When using a spinning rod, make sure you keep the line tight. Tie jig on leader between six and eight inches above that and put number six split shot. Adjust cork accordingly. Best According place to, to fish this... Dude, best place to fish this jig at Bennett Spring. Number one, on the dam. Number two, all four corners of the dam, upper and lower. <laughs> I'm seeing a dam theme here. Not right? many Not many people think to fish the dam. <laughs> oh my God, dude, this is number three. All the handicapped spots. Number selling jigs, he's selling waypoints. <laughs> number four, feeder stream outlet. Number five, feeder stream from hatchery outlet to stream. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fit. Look, I was going to say, I have no doubt these will catch fish. Like these are like stock trout at a trout park. Why not? It just looks like a little white maggot or something. This is, well, I mean, yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, like, you know, like, it's like, you know, a Walt's worm looks like nothing too. I think it's funny that like, it's so fish park, not fish parks in general, but fish park singular specific. And I, I do like that if you took anybody to survey this body of water and you were like, where do you think you catch some fish? They would point to all of this dude's secret spots immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not I'm not mad at dude. They're definitely heavier. I think these are lead. Like these aren't like a tungsten head or a traditional nymph I'm sure head. They're lead. I actually think these are itty bitty lead jig heads, but it's just so funny to me. I mean, there's not even a piece of flash in them. Not it is literally just white thread. That's do all it is. Do you think what do you think the likelihood is that we have a listener that is in like reasonable proximity of this fish if, park? If you are, hit me up. It also bothers me because now that I think about it, this man has my address. So he could now send me anthrax or uh, a letter <laughs> bomb for divulging the greatest secret in all of fishing on this podcast. I don't get the feeling that this dude is super tech savvy, man. I think you're going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there you go. You know, some of you who who sent that, I hinted. I was like, look, I can't do this without knowing. You can't lay this on people without being able to say this is what it is. So that is it. That is the secret to stock trout everywhere. A tiny lead jig head painted white with some white thread wrapped behind it. That was really fun, man. That, that was, was like, fun. that might be my all time favorite uh, sail bin right there. Naturally, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put the pictures of these things on Instagram so you can all see it on Instagram and, and, and copy and tie these. Um, if, uh, if you, if you want any more secrets revealed, you find something on your favorite classified online forum, do please keep sending those links to me at bent at the If you would, if you would love us to, uh, trash the things you find here on the sale bin. So to this day, people are still sending me pictures of those similar jigs in fly shops and they're like mm. a buck a piece. They're like, <laughs> you got ripped off as hell, bro. Like there was nothing secret about any of that. They're in every fly shop down here in the Ozarks and um, you're an idiot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are an idiot, but the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I went into that with like, number one, 
uh, I, I you hid kept that. From that you. you genuinely had no idea. I genuinely yeah. had no idea that that was what was about to go down. I also, I was a little worried because I was like, man, if these are like a, a secret jig, this dude is going to be real upset. So once we got the emails that uh, alleviated that concern, saying that, oh, these are everywhere, I felt, one, I felt a lot better about it, but two, man, that was just funny. Yeah. That, 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 was, that was the most fun uh, sail bin that we've ever done. And then funny side story, the pack of jigs was so light, and I had it in the envelope they came in here on my desk. Mm-hmm. And I had to mail something to my buddy Jim Fee at On the Water. Yeah. And I grabbed the envelope and shook it, and I'm like, oh, it's an empty envelope, and stuck the thing in there. And I you mailed to him? Mailed, I mailed all the jigs <laughs> to Jim. So when he sent me a text confirming the thing that I sent him, he's like, and these are going to catch... Um, the what, what are they called? Golden shiners. He catches golden shiners to use for bass where mm. he's at. So he's like, oh, and thanks for these. These are gonna crush golden shiners. I'm like, how <laughs> the f- did you get those? Wait, <laughs> what? And I'm like, son of a bitch. I sent Jim all the secret jigs, but that's okay. What are you gonna do? Um, that was that was a really fun way to cover a lure. Of course, we've we've had a, a the end of the line segment um, running the entire time here. Now for me, um. That one was a little trying because you, you talk about having to do some research. Oh, like you're talking about God. how the bars, they, they it had to be right. And we were always trying to balance like a personal connection to a, a lure with some history. Um, Dude, I, I drove, always loved it. I drove myself nuts with that Swiss swing one. <laughs> really? Oh my God. Yeah, dude. I, I So again, uh, you know, a lot of these end of the line I know, But subjects, I did most of the research. That is not true at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A lot of these like end of the line things, right, are born of a personal connection and, you know, um, there are certain elements of, there's certain lures that just like kind of exist in your pantheon of what you, created you as a fisherman. Like, you know, these like pillars that bought you up and got you into it and like the things that you used and the things you relied on while you were figuring out fishing and what fishing meant to you. And because of that, a lot of times you'd overblow that personal connection in your own mind and be like, Oh, this must be, um, this must be an experience had across the board with this lure. And I fell into that with the Swiss swing. Turns out nobody else uses that except for like (laughs) five people in in like the right side of Pennsylvania. Right. Right. Well, I got to say, man, of, of, of all the end of the lines, I I had a lot of fun doing those. Some of them were, were really good. But we, we're going to close out today with the end of the line because that is traditionally what has ended the show. And I'm going to run one of yours because I know you haven't done as many. But mm. the very first one you did on trout beads, I swear, more people wrote in about that than any other end of the line we had done. And and my my prediction, the reason I think that happened was you took a, a very simple thing that a lot of people know about and a lot of people scoff at. They're like, oh, trout beads, that's dirty. And you did such a good job of explaining why here's this thing that everybody looks at as like a cheat, like a dirty cheat and like this, you know, fish mauling lore and explain why that's actually not the case. And I really think there were a lot of people who who saw this simple thing with, with new eyes after this end of the line. Fishy, 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 fishy! Well, that's not loud enough, Bert. If you're like 99% of other fishermen, particularly fly fishermen, Alaska is somewhere on your bucket list. If you ask an angler what they think of when they envision Alaska, you'll find a lot of the same images and species repeating. 
Salmon runs so dense you could walk across the river on the backs of Silvers and Kings. You know, Dolly Varden, longer than your arm and painted up like clowns in their full spawning regalia. Steelhead of mythical proportions and their resident rainbow counterparts backflipping and cartwheeling out of the river. And sore shoulders from spending all day swinging flies, catching fish after fish, and experiencing arguably the greatest cold water fishing the world has to offer. There's a little bit of an open secret in these rivers. Almost as omnipresent as the fish we target, and it's as effective as it is divisive. My friends, that secret is the trout bead. Now, before you wade into the controversy surrounding the fishing of beads, let's talk about the beads themselves. For the uninitiated, a trout bead is a small spherical bead pegged with a toothpick about two inches above a bear hook. Beads can be fished on any rig, spin, center pin, or fly. At first glance, a bead is pretty cut and dry. I mean, it's literally just a round bead similar to the thousands of beads you'd find at the Hobby Lobby. Uh, In fact, I'm sure some anglers buy beads at the Hobby Lobby because there is an entire subculture dedicated to bead fishing that is as fanatical about colors, weights, sizes, and hues as dry fly fishermen are trying to pick out that perfect shade of dun for their quill gordons. All beads are not created equal, however, and anglers are fiercely devoted to their preferences. Glass versus plastic, peach versus orange, 6mm or 8mm. Bead-specific companies have made fortunes selling beads crafted with jealously guarded secret formulas for just the right color, sheen, and molting. Uh, You'll find grown men hoarding nail polish like teenage girls, scouring pharmacies and makeup counters in their free time, looking for that perfect shade of red, pink, orange, or even blue for the all-important blood dot. Now, on to the controversy. We're not going to dive into whether or not it's fly fishing. That's between you, the fish, and a higher power. The real controversy is how the fish is hooked. To understand this, we first need to understand how a bead rig works. As I'd mentioned, a bead rig is a bare hook with a bead pegged about two inches up the leader. When the fish bites the bead, the angler sets the hook, and that hook, which is dangling outside the fish's mouth, is pulled into the outside corner of their jaw. Here's why that's controversial. Many people see the placement of that hook set outside the mouth and immediately equate that as evidence that this is no more than a legal means to floss or snag fish. Go ahead and search, is bead fishing ethical on Google, and you'll find forums filled with heated eight-page arguments between anglers debating the issue. I would argue that bead fishing is not flossing or snagging for one simple reason. The fish has to voluntarily bite the bead in order to hook themselves. From my perspective, that alone settles the debate. Sporting ethics aside, you'll often hear folks argue that beads are somehow damaging to the fish. Beads are deadly effective, but if there's one thing they're not, it's deadly. If you're into fish and catch and release, beads could very well be the most ethical tool at your disposal. Because the bead is pegged a few inches above the hook, the fish can inhale it without the danger of being hooked deeply. The hook set pulls the hook into the outside corner of its mouth, not into its gullet. Not only does this save the fish from having its gills ripped apart by a deeply taken yet apparently more ethical glow bug, it also saves the fish from the difficult hook removals that often come with a deep take. In fisheries where significant cold is a factor, like Great Lakes steelhead fisheries for instance, this can save a fish from flash frozen gills. It's simply easier to remove a hook from the outside corner of a steelhead's mouth without taking it out of the water. 
Now, you might be thinking to yourself that I'm some sort of bead fishing evangelist. You may be surprised to know that I've only ever fished beads a handful of times. Unfortunately, I'm cursed with a bug for tying bugs and plagued by the compulsion to use them. That said, I fished with many, many centerpin, spin, and fly anglers who all use beads. I've netted well over 100 bead-caught steelhead, and in all that time, there are two things that I've seen very, very rarely. A deeply hooked fish, or a fish hooked more than an inch or two from its mouth. Sorry, fly guys, I'll be the first to admit that I've pulled a lot of pheasant tails and sucker spawn from peck fins. Ah yes, the bead debate. Whether or not we'll all agree one day remains to be seen, but as long as there are people catching fish, there are going to be folks complaining about how they're going about it. Are you a bead guy, feverishly painting until the wee hours of the morning while you gear up for your next steelhead trip? Are you a fly fishing purist who thinks that beads are the undoing of everything a sportsman stands for? Whatever your position, be sure to drop us a note at bent at com, letting us know where you stand on the bead debate and if, perhaps for the first time, a bead ends up at the end of your line. Yeah, man, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> to be truthful with you, like, we do such a volume of writing for this show that a lot of times it's hard to remember uh, what you wrote. Um, an example is like when I first signed on, uh, to do this and was doing these fish news segments, one of my first thoughts, was, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to have like so much conservation knowledge, like floating around in my head. I'm going to be able to speak to so many things. I don't remember the story I wrote last week, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's what happens, man. Yeah. But with, uh, with this one in particular, yeah, I've always thought, you know, if you are focused on the art form of fishing, I can understand your objection to a bead. It's a utilitarian tool, but a utilitarian right. tool outside of a philosophical sort of take on it is not necessarily something bad. It's not something that deserves, you know, a, a shit reputation is something that non-anglers do. It's something that different anglers do, man. It's like, yeah, as somebody who really appreciates, um, you know, uh, right. Like abstract guitar playing, you know, a la Hendrix or somebody like that. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, shit on people playing shred metal just because it's not what I like. It's just a different take on like a thing and it's not good. It's not bad. It, you know, yeah. it, it just, it just yeah. is a different thing and you don't have to love it, but you don't have to bash it. Hey, dude, the, you have basically summed up now that we've 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 closed out here our final the final segment you're going to hear that end of the line. But what you just said, man, I mean, from from beginning to end, that is what Ben is about. Mm -hmm. Right. We are. About, we don't we don't give a damn how you fish. We don't care what your faction is. All are welcome fishing. here. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're walleye fishing. One more time. Just go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Phil likes walleyes, I think. Um, but listen, from the, from the bottom of my heart, this has been fun. I can't thank both you guys enough for working so hard with me on, on Bent. Um, this has been one of the coolest things that I've ever done. I will always be that guy that's welcoming to all. You know, I love talking to you guys on social. You know where to find me. Um, you know, and, until we meet again, and we will uh, eventually. I, I also want to thank Miles, even though he's not sitting here mm -hmm. with us today. Um, a, a lot has gone into this, and it has been an absolute blast. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed being part of it as much as I did. Yeah, I mean, dude, uh, Bent was a uh, was a community man. 
It, it still is a community. Well, yeah, it, it still is a community. The archive will always be there. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I'm just so thankful to uh, to have participated in it. And what I'm proud of most, I think, isn't even the work or like the writing or or even the podcast itself, man. You know, and I think you'd agree with this. It's the connection that we made with our listeners and 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 giving them kind of a. Uh, you know. That's what drives everything I do, man. That's what I'm about is yeah. is 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 using these platforms to link up with good people. Uh, I've linked up with you guys. Phil, are you still here? I'm right here. Yeah. For the okay, great. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> I am I am off camera, and Joe can't see me. For all he knows, I've I've left and and gone to take a shit. Phil, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> We should cut right there. The last thing you would hear is <laughs> Phil talking about going to take a shit. Uh, you boys are legends. Listen, I want to thank Meat Eater too for giving me the opportunity and us the opportunity to make this fishing podcast. I look very forward to seeing what uh, the fishing landscape looks like here down the road. And until I see you guys uh, somewhere out there again, I'm just going to close by saying tight lines degenerates. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.